0: Everybody needs money. That's why they call it money. The
1: best in life free. But you can them to the From Fool Global Headquarters, this is Motley Fool Money. Welcome to Motley
2: Fool Money. Thanks for being here. I'm your host, Chris Hill, and joining me in studio this week from Motley Fool Hidden Gems, Seth Jason, from Motley Fool Income Investor James Early. And for Million Dollar Portfolio, Ron Gross. Guys, good to see you, as always. Good to see you, Chris. Hey, Chris. We've got earnings from Chipotle, McDonald's, Microsoft, and more. We've got the CEO of one of the fastest-growing brands in the organic foods industry. And we've got a few stocks on our radar. The big story this week is the killing of Libyan dictator Muammar Gaddafi. Uh, obviously, guys, that's good news for the Libyan people. And hopefully, hopefully this brings some closure to the Uh, the victims of Pan Am 103 and their families and loved ones. Uh, But as a business show, we'll focus on the business aspect of this, and that's obviously, James Early, oil. Um, Libya is a huge exporter of oil. A lot of that goes to Europe. Uh, When you think about this story, what are the implications for the oil industry?
3: Chris, for some guy in power for 42 years, This is a global story. You would think that there would be a bigger narrative than there is. There's really no impact in the markets right now in oil stocks. It's almost depressing in a weird way because we expected something, but but there just isn't. That's because all this was priced in. Libya was only producing 400,000 barrels per day of oil recently down from almost 2 million a day Mm -hmm. uh, not long ago they're going to ramp it back up, but it takes time. It takes maybe a year or so to, to really bump back up to full production. And
4: OPEC controls the price anyway, right, based on the demand, or you know, as much as possible. So, Libya gets back online producing a lot more oil and prices uh, start to drop. That'll be taken care of.
0: Ron? Yeah, I agree with James that it's going to take a while. We have to get through government transitions and a lot of things before oil companies are willing to come back and you know get back to full production. But interestingly, yeah. Italy's ENI, for example, the, the large uh, oil company out of Italy, they've already resumed production. So it's it's happening even quicker than I would have guessed. It's only one day later. Um, so they're we, right th- there. The ra- <laughs> right? They it's are just, right yeah, there. Yeah, take a boat. But still, they, they, you know, they're, they're reluctant. <laughs> it's not just about space. It's about what's going on in terms of transition and 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 uh, all, all the anarchy that that will will be around for a little bit of time.
3: Total is a French oil company that's also big into Libya. And its stock is kind of flat today or just up along with everything else a little bit. But one interesting story could be some of the U.S. companies because Chevron and Occidental Petroleum are two stocks that decided not to renew their exploration leases maybe a year or two ago. They said ostensibly this was because of the geology. They just weren't finding enough oil. I don't know if it was that or if it was they were worried about the politics, but we'll see now because it was it was actually wise for them not to be in Libya when, when, they, when they weren't, but maybe they'll get back in.
2: Is there a ripple effect uh, for, you know, when you go one level down, uh, sort of f- from the, the major oil companies to uh, the refiners, uh, a company like ConocoPhillips, that sort of thing?
3: Well, I mean, the majors are, are less refiners than you might think. I mean, it depends on, on the time. Um Conoco, in the U.S., let me just say this, for for U.S. companies, especially for U.S. gas consumers, Mm -hmm. the effect is probably going to be minimal because we don't get most of our oil from uh, the Middle East or we don't get it as much as Europe does. We get a lot from the U.S. West Texas Intermediate is a better proxy for our price. So I don't expect a big effect here.
2: You're listening to Motley Fool Money. We're here every week, but for daily analysis on the latest money news, you can check out our daily podcast, Market Foolery. That's on iTunes and at marketfoolery.com. And we are a finalist for the 2011 Podcast Woo! Awards. Yes. One week of voting left. So you vote can, early, vote uh, often. Yes, you can vote every day at podcastaward.com. Please help us out. Um, Guys, for the first time in 34 quarters, Apple missed on earnings. It was counting. Uh, Yeah, exactly. Um, Everyone. In in, in Apple's case, a miss uh, means a $6.6 billion profit selling 17 million iPhones, 11 million iPads. Um, Ron, I know this is a holding in a million-dollar portfolio. What do
0: you think of it? So they beat their own internal estimates. well, <laughs> they always do. Uh, Apple is notorious for sandbagging or being really conservative on guidance. Mm. They, they came in shy of analyst expectations. I don't get hung up on quarterly expectations. I don't do them myself. I don't I don't bother with quarterly estimates. Um, we're looking out year, two years, three years, the cash flow generating ability of this company over long periods of time. And when you're selling things like you said, eleven million iPads, five million uh, Macs, seventeen million iPhones. Those are big numbers. They were expecting 20 million iPhones, but quite frankly, people were waiting for the next iteration. Yeah, I was, was going to say, be even I give Apple a pass on that. It right. was
4: pretty obvious yeah. when the demand ramped up for that new kind of mediocre upgrade that people had waited, <laughs> and they were saying like, oh, I guess
0: that's pretty good, and they all ran out and got it. I mean, they sold know? 4 million of the new yeah. ones yeah. in three days. Yeah, but uh, of
4: course, they would have sold some more had people not kind of waited. I think it's pretty obvious, but they're still going to sell
3: a lot of them. The backstory is what gets me. This is one of the largest companies on earth. It's equivalent and it's still growing at double digit rates every quarter. It's like a, a linebacker who's out sprinting a, a cornerback. It's just it's just incredible. And weighs
4: six hundred pounds. And it's, by the yeah. way, it's coming to your house to eat your house.
3: eat my house physically, my house. Did James just make a sports analogy? <laughs> he may have.
2: I think he that's did. the first time in three years
3: may, he's done that. Right this. I day don't down. watch much sports, <laughs> no. but I, I used to.
0: Uh, you know, even even at this level, being one of the largest companies in the world, we actually, as, as you said, we own it. We don't think it's priced uh, to. Perfection. We don't think it's expensive. We think there's a good value still here, and it doesn't need to grow gangbusters to, to make this a good good stock to own right here. Um,
2: they did raise guidance for the next quarter, um, as Seth you indicated. Sort of the, that opening weekend, people were just rushing out and, and buying the new iPhone 4s. Uh, but Ron, I want to I want to go back on like even with the market cap being at 370 billion, um, is it, this isn't a case where at some point, it's going to flatten out and be I mean, at one point, Microsoft was this company, sure. In, through the 90s, sort of great returns but Microsoft over was over. trading at huge multiples then. It was not only growing quickly, but
4: it was trading at for much sure. much higher multiples. For example, multiples. what's we Apple think, trading we, at? 14, 15 times right. Right. and we think If they
0: can grow top-line revenue sales um, at 12% a year for the next five years, I think that's reasonable. We think it's a $500 stock. So, it doesn't need to be 20, 30, 40% kind of growth to, for, for investors to make money here.
2: If they could uh, Let me put it this way. Who are they more worried about, Uh, Amazon with the Kindle tablet, or Google, uh, which continues to have market uh, share dominance with the Android phone?
0: I mean, I think they have to be quite frankly worried about about both. Amazon is really interesting to me. That's because, not the answer. He I know. About that's right. all right. Amazon is really interesting to me because they're kind of a, they're attacking this <laughs> ecosystem that Apple has had locked up. They have the device, and then they have have the the world of iTunes. Amazon now has the same thing. Whether it's the Kindle or the new Fire, their App Store, their music, their cloud, um, they're kind of going after that ecosystem. So that's interesting to me. Shares of Chipotle up
2: on Friday after the company's third quarter profits were up 25%. Uh, Seth, you own the stock. It's a recommendation. Would you Think of the quarter. Chipotle just keeps making me more money and
0: (laughs) and Hidden Gems, my service. And (laughs) And rubbing it in. Thank uh, you, Seth.
2: It's pretty
4: incredible, actually, because food inflation, something we've talked about in regard to a lot of restaurant stocks, actually crimped the operating margins at the restaurant level, but the company managed to do so much better uh, uh, on costs elsewhere that the, the net income really increased beyond the rate of revenue increase, and that revenue increase is 24%. Uh, year over year. And so those are just huge numbers. The stock still looks pricey, uh, but I have held on uh, for quite a while. Some of it's just luck. Um, Let's say a lot of it's luck, but this (laughs) is one of those companies that continues to defy expectations on how well it can do. And those are the kind of companies that I think you just have to hang on to, or at least a significant portion of your holdings i mean uh eventually food inflation comes back the other way they've shown an ability to raise prices people still keep coming mm-hmm. in and buying the food and they have this new concept uh which is only one store right now have been though right and i've been cuisine. there yeah, yeah and, the, and the food was great i think that one uh, maybe can't be as big as the burrito chain could eventually be but i think it could still add
2: materially to the to the value shares of mcdonald's up on friday after the company said third quarter profit was up nine percent uh, James, ninth straight quarter of earnings gains. It's looking good.
3: Chris, to borrow Ron's overused analogy. Actually, let me give Ron a chance to anticipate the analogy that I'm well, going to use. Yeah. Go, go, go.
0: What's
2: sweaty the Sweaty
0: man in a locker room. <laughs> is that it? No. I, I don't know. What, what, where are we going?
3: Firing on all
0: cylinders. Okay, <laughs> oh, no. okay. okay. Sweaty man in a locker room. I don't think of that as an better. analogy, much but better. so much as okay. a an saying.
1: Okay. okay, okay, seeing, yeah. a saying. Yeah.
3: Alright, alright, alright. That's good to correct me <laughs> like that. Thank you. Um, Global same store sales were up five percent, largely on uh, dollar menu type things in the U.S. and in Europe. These cheap foods do well, obviously, in recessions. Operating it's a euro margin, menu over there. They have a uh, oh, uh, the, the the single euro, probably. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, operating margins were, were actually up, which is which is particularly impressive, and and currency uh, movement accounted for maybe half the growth in operating income, net income, but even backing that out, we're still talking about 8% operating income growth and and 6% EPS growth, which is pretty phenomenal.
2: So over the next five years, let's just go down the table. Chipotle, McDonald's, if you have to bet on one, what are you going with, Seth? Oh, do I have to pick one? Yeah. Uh,
4: I'll go Chipotle, unless you like dividends and hit McDonald's.
3: I like dividends, so I'm going to hit McDonald's. Because <laughs> uh, you're, you're,
2: cer- you're certainly not eating at McDonald's.
3: I am not eating at McDonald's too often. Um, not it even is, the salad. The salad is, is good. Well, but but if, why, why am I going to – I'm just going to drive there for the salad. I mean, I'm not really there. When you're I on the road, the rural salad. Virginia,
4: you're not going to stop at a restaurant, rural Virginia. You're going to go for No, McDonald's no, I bring salad. all my food from Whole Foods when I go there. I'm, just, I'm not going <laughs> to even
3: – I mean, come on. Um, wow. <laughs> so I'm going to say McDonald's, especially on a risk-adjusted basis.
0: Ron? I like Chipotle, the company, better. I like McDonald's, the stock, better. Coming
2: up, good news for business shows and comedians. That's right. Groupon has filed to go public again. Stay right here. This is Motley Fool Money.
1: Money. You're driving me crazy.
2: Welcome back to Motley Fool Money. Chris Hill here in the studio with Seth Jason, James Early, and Ron Gross. A lot going on with Microsoft this week. Let's start with earnings, Ron. Uh, Despite weak PC sales, a 5% increase in earnings. What did you
0: think of the quarter? You know, this is what Microsoft is now. Uh, they grow 6-7%. Uh, the people that think they're not growing are wrong, and the people that expect more are wrong. Um, they're this, so it, all wrong! <laughs> it's, it's this so is who they are! An and idiot. by the way, this is plenty enough to make the stock a great buy right here at $25, $26, $27. Um, it was nice to see Windows revenue up, uh, although slightly, um, for the first time in a while. I think it had been three consecutive quarters where we had seen mm-hmm. decreases. We have Windows 8, touch-tone technology coming. We have the smartphone with, um, alliance with Nokia coming. Um, there's some some good things. They'll be re-entering China as a result of that alliance. So there are some good things, some growth drivers in the future. Obviously, people are worried that the tablet market is going to take over the PC market. Sure, it's going to eat into it. It, w- it would be silly to think it won't. But um, Microsoft isn't going away.
3: Let me ask you this, though, Ron. Hasn't this been sort of the story yes, for a couple of been. years? Value and then-
0: investors wait. <laughs>
3: How long are you going to wait? I mean, uh, as is- long as it takes, <laughs> James.
0: You're, James,
4: you should be into this. What's the, what's the current yield on this? A uh, couple, couple percent. Percent. It's now? not bad. And they're going to keep. I'm worried. I that. That. what's the, the keep that? If you have the whole diamond buried under a company
3: if, headquarters, if no one's going to unearth it, no, you don't need to. They just, just g-
4: they keep making a little bit more every year and increasing that dividend. James, this is this is your stock. Uh, well, maybe I don't know, guys. Maybe this just because
2: he doesn't like Balmer. Uh, we'll, one episode in Miami. We'll we'll, we'll get to Bomber <laughs> in a moment, but uh, maybe this is the game changer. The Wall Street Journal reporting that Microsoft is working with private investors to put together a proposal to buy Yahoo. Yahoo changes the game for no one. Uh, 2008, <laughs> Microsoft uh, put in a bid for Yahoo at $31 a share. Uh, the reported bid now would be somewhere in the neighborhood of $16 to $18
0: Because Yahoo, I, did I want, prefer what, a little higher do? since we own Yahoo yeah. <laughs> as well. And and really Jerry Yang play.
4: makes one of the great moves in Yahoo history, spurning that $31
2: offer. Uh, at the time, they thought 40 was a, a more appropriate price. <laughs> but, yeah, um,
0: I hope they like 16 But Ron, what do you think? I think... Um, they are they they want to keep Yahoo out of the hands of others more than they actually need it themselves. Um, you know they obviously have this search alliance with uh, Yahoo already. Microsoft does, and that division actually loses money to this day. So they need to they need to shore <laughs> that up a bit. So they're not going to be going this alone. They'll be doing it with private equity and a, a Canadian pension plan. Uh, you mentioned Steve
2: Vollmer earlier. He made some uh, fabulous comments at the Web 2.0 conference this week. Um, did he dance? Uh, he did not dance, but he did. That's say, his strong suit. <laughs> nice. He did say, quote, I, uh, you don't need to be a computer scientist to use a Windows phone. I think you do to use an Android phone. Um, is that? I, I didn't get an Android phone about a year ago
4: because it was too complex. There's all these different, like, versions of Buttons it. and, and things. Uh, and so you had to decide, <laughs> do I want the Motorola Android front end? or the? It was just way too much, and this is why uh, I'm actually surprised Android has been as popular as it has been, given the fact that- I was going to say, is there sour is, grapes here? It is not. I don't think so. I think he's, you know, it's, the problem with people- People always want to bust on what Balmer says, but I think he's right in this case. Android is not all that simple. iPhone is much simpler. Windows phone is much simpler. But Android still remains very popular, I think, mostly just because they've locked up so many relationships. The phones are low cost and they're everywhere.
3: I'm scared now because I, I just learned how to use – actually, I don't even know how to use speed dial, so <laughs> stuff is I'm just way out of my way. So league. if it's too complex for yeah, you, then yeah. you can just – Give me stay the away. iPhone.
2: Does Microsoft need to just do like a blind taste test kind of thing with its phone and just slap, a, you know, uh, an Android logo or, you know, or an iPhone logo on it and just give it to someone? And like that? To, to and prove say, to look, people? To just so say, to prove here. How,
4: how easy it is to use? Yeah. They, they probably do if they, they, they would need to change the name. Windows Phone 7.5 doesn't really float anyone's boat, even if you like the, the <laughs> operating se- system It's not as, as sexy as the Apple 4S. And it still doesn't, yeah, it still doesn't work. But they do suffer a little bit of, of that. I think if any other uh, company came out with a phone operating system that was as different and unique and really as good as this one, that, you know, everybody would be going, wow, that is just great because it's Microsoft. People find a reason to hate it.
3: How long does it take for, for the brand to change, though?
4: Uh, I mean, if they keep
3: doing this, is it a five-year?
4: I don't know. I don't think they're going to give up on this because they've got the partnership with Nokia, which is going to get them worldwide exposure uh, to a large group of consumers on both the high and the low end. And I think they should be able to get some traction that way. I mean, it really is a pretty good phone operating system. I think they just have to to see what works. And sometimes the better products, you know, don't win out. I mean, that, that happened with, you know, Apple and Windows, the first versions of Windows, were absolutely unusable, but they sold a heck of a lot more of that than they ever sold Macintosh. It's
0: important for Nokia, quite frankly, because they're they're getting it done on the low-end phone, but they're a disaster on the smartphone smartphone end. So if this can really be good for them, Nokia could come back. and, and not be the disaster that they <laughs> have been <laughs> over the last several years. low-end phones are popular.
3: I went to the Philippines for a month, and, and we just bought these little Nokia phones and, and gave them away at the end of the trip. But they're, they're
0: everywhere there. Yeah, and they sell a lot of them. Still the number one mobile manufacturer yeah. in, in the world. By volume.
2: By volume. Intel reported better-than-expected third-quarter earnings. Strong sales in China and emerging markets helped offset weakness in the U.S. market. Um, Seth, I and think that, not, that's a narrative we've heard before.
4: Yeah, and it's well, and it's not just overall weakness in the U.S. market. The enterprise sales have still been okay in the U.S. market. So yep. businesses are still buying some computers, and it's the consumer end uh, that is weak, which is actually, I think, decent news. And if you wanted to, you could look at it as sort of a, an economic bellwether sort of uh, mm-hmm. story that if businesses are investing a, a little bit in, in improved technology, that they don't think things are all that bad. But... Uh, Intel's problem is similar to Microsoft's problem. It's really big. It's sort of everywhere it's it's going to be. And uh, luckily for them, the emerging market stuff is growing a little more quickly.
3: Yeah, the PC is not dead. And that's been kind of the story uh, that it is dying. And, and there are so many places all around the world where, it, where it's, it's just becoming affordable to people. So I think they have a lot more growth ahead. Yeah. I mean, tablets
2: are cool, but you can't do a whole lot of work on a tablet. And finally guys, Groupon has once again filed for an IPO. This time Groupon has scaled back, now planning to sell less than 5% of the company at around $16 to $18 is that dollars it? a share. Yep. Yeah, 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 it's just a little bit. So earlier wow. this year w- there were reports it was going to be like a $20 billion market cap. This would be around 11 or 12. Um is this a smart move?
0: It's a move that is necessary because their <laughs> bankers walked in and said, "Boys, we need to talk. Yeah. We can't get it done at the value that we had before." Uh, you can't sell into the offerings. So uh, existing shareholders are no longer selling to the offering. Uh, you oh, need really? You've got to you gotta clear up your accounting. You've had two COOs in the past year. Um, you got to cut out the shenanigans. Maybe we can get it done at a lower value. That's not even definite because people are worried about the business model. But let's give it a shot. Wow, when the Wall Street bankers don't think they can bring in <laughs> enough. room <laughs> I wasn't you know, in the room. That's speculation this, on my part, but I'm I'm fairly. This confident. strikes me as
3: a company though with just an outrageous sense of entitlement. Uh, like like the world owes them something for for being Groupon or for being a, a whatever this. Hey, you s- shut up. Genre they, they, is
2: they brought coupons to the internet. But when but when you look, used a Groupon once, once, yeah, did, once when you look at the other some of it. the other internet companies that have gone public LinkedIn Zillow Pandora I mean isn't there a chance that Groupon could have uh, the same kind of pop opening day Not anymore mm. I don't think yeah. otherwise they otherwise bankers, yeah, the bankers they yeah. the window yeah. Yeah. yeah the bankers would be a lot more excited All right Seth Jason James Early Ron Gross guys we'll see you later in the show Coming up next a conversation with Seth Goldman the co-founder and CEO of Honest Tea. One of the fastest growing brands in the organic foods industry. Stay right here. This is Motley Full Money.
1: Money is honey. Where can my honey
2: be? Welcome back to Motley Full Money. I'm Chris Hill. In 1998, Seth Goldman and his business partner founded Honest Tea with a simple mission to make bottled tea that tastes like tea. The company's grown from 250000 in sales the first year to over $78 million last year, and Seth Goldman joins me in studio now. Thanks for being here.
5: Hi, Chris. Good to be here.
2: The rare in-studio guest on Motley Full Money. <laughs> um, how did you get the initial idea
5: for Honest Tea? We were thirsty. We looked, <laughs> we looked at the beverage shelf, and we saw all these really sweet drinks and all these watery drinks, and there wasn't anything that we were thirsty for, which was something with you know, 17 to 30 calories. So, I mean, did you just start tinkering around in your kitchen? or? Well, we, I had always, whether it was mixing juice and seltzer or sort of combining different drinks, I'd always been a tinkerer. And it finally hit me. I, had actually, I used to work in financial services, and I was at a presentation in New York, and after that went for a run, I went to a cooler and I said, there's still nothing here that's going to quench my thirst. It's time to do something about it.
2: So, what differentiates Honest Tea from, you know, the the Snapples and, and and the other teas out there? Well, the first thing that makes
5: us different is we're so much less sweet. You know, uh, we have anywhere from a third to the sixth of the calories of other bottled tea drinks. That's the starting point. And then for us, we were the first to make organic bottled tea, and um, for us now, all our line is organic. And then we're also the first to make fair trade bottled tea. You know, everything we sell is fair trade.
2: So, when did you realize? Okay, we've we've actually got a viable business on our hands.
5: Uh, <laughs> you know, I don't think it was about five till five years into the business that we started. Really? Yeah, it was always this risk. Like we're trying. Obviously, we believed in it because we were, you know, put. You know, we're investing real time and money in it. But it was always um, this idea: could we make this work? And and I don't think we really became believers that we could until about five years into it. How did that
2: conversation go over with your family and friends by the <laughs> way I'm 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 successful in the financial services business but I'm actually going to throw that all away and I've got this idea for a yeah. tea company that doesn't have uh, nearly the same ingredients that existing and arguably successful tea companies.
5: For sure. Uh, you know, it, my wife was always supportive. She, she said, if this is what you want to do and you believe in it, then uh, I think you'll make it work. I think uh, others a little further away were like, wait a minute. You, know, have no, you have no experience in the beverage industry. Yep. You do understand there's huge companies out there with a lot of resources. Uh, so there were some questions, but um, I've never been someone who's followed a traditional path. So it, I guess no one was too surprised that I was willing to, to give this a go.
2: You're listening to Motley Full Money, talking with Seth Goldman, the founder of Honest Tea. Uh, speaking of big companies in the beverage industry, um, you were about 10 years into this endeavor when Coca Cola came calling and ended up buying forty percent of the business, right? What um, I mean, Coke—I'm a Coke shareholder, <laughs> and uh, I love all the products. And obviously, uh, a lot of them have a lot of sugar in them. You've got one that was really pretty different from anything they had. Right. How did those conversations go, and and why ultimately? Um, did you su- decide it was time to do business with coca-cola?
5: Well first of all, we had over the ten years we had been approached almost every year by different multinationals interested in you know learning more about our business, possibly investing and and for different reasons over time, we generally just said you know we we're, we're not interested in selling we're still building this thing yep. um, and so uh, what was nice about the conversation with Coca-Cola was number one. They recognized we're very different from what they own, and that meant two things. Number one, they appreciated there was an opportunity for growth, mm-hmm. but also they appreciated that there was real value to our team continuing to run the business. You know, they knew they couldn't buy honesty yep. and then just sort of fold it in. You know, right. with all the other brands, and in a way that helped ensure we were able to, to stay um, a, a mission-driven company run by the same founding team. Um,
2: over the years, I mean, you said there've been. You've been approached, uh, you know, pretty much regularly over yeah. the years. Um, along those same lines, have. Other companies, whether it's you know Coca-Cola, uh, basically I, what I have in my mind is Pepsi, which has a very kind of different strategies from Coca-Cola because they've got Frito-Lay, they've got yeah. the whole snack line. Yeah. Have have people approached you about taking Honest Tea and applying it to snacks or anything like that? That's a good
5: question. It, uh, we have certainly recognized that opportunity. Um, and so we, we do have the rights to, to the name Honest Foods and we have a yeah. product Honest Kids. So we know there's more we can do with the brand. But to be honest no pun <laughs> we, we still have a lot to build with this core brand i mean yep. so we're still just getting started with the beverage brand but what you say is true i mean if you think about one of the best brands out there in the food world is whole foods mm-hmm. you know and what that stands for the challenge is you can only buy whole foods products in whole foods stores right, right. you know but but what if you could still have some of the same equities around authenticity health and, and organic and make it available in a convenience store, make it available in other places. And so we do think long-term that's an opportunity, but short-term we've still got to build the core, the core brand and product line. One of the things
2: that you guys focus on at Honest Tea is the notion of uh, sort of you know, doing well, right. Uh, doing right by others, uh, obviously your customers, your shareholders, but by the environment, um, social responsibility, that sort of thing. Um, what are some of the other companies you mentioned, Whole Foods, they come to mind? What are some other companies that you look at mm. and think to yourself, you know what, those, those guys are really doing it right, yeah. and they're bigger than we are. Yeah. We, you know, we want to be them when we grow sure. up. Sure.
5: Well, one of the brands that, uh, and founders that's been a real mentor for me is Gary Hirschberg of Stonyfield Farm. Mm-hmm. And so w- there's a re- lot of reasons why I'm inspired by Stonyfield. Number one, they, they have really stuck to their mission and grown. They're, they're now owned majority owned by Danone but what they've done is taken you know a product that is certainly in the beginning at least organic yogurt you know right. a health niche and expanded dramatically they're now the third largest yogurt company in the country but they've also what i like about it is you look at the yogurt category over 10% of yogurt sales are organic and so, and I think it's only going to continue to grow. Mm-hmm. We look at the bottled tea category, which is also a health-oriented beverage, but the organic share of the bottled tea category is less than point one, you know, less than 05 yeah. percent. So there's a huge growth opportunity, and and if we can follow that same course, just another brand that I really have, have always admired is Timberland, uh, footwear and apparel company, and uh, they've just done a great job of creating and executing a brand that follows up on on sort of the core um, equities that they they've. Promise.
2: Do you think it's easier for companies in this space, and by this space I mean essentially um, consumer goods, mm-hmm. whether it's you know footwear with Timberland or Whole Foods, honesty? Do you think it's easier for companies like that to sort of pursue the we're going to do right by the environment than it is for a company like um, Alcoa, yeah. um, which is you know doesn't really touch consumers and connect with consumers in the same way?
5: Um, I don't know if I would say it's easier. I'd say it's certainly more direct and tangible mm-hmm. about how you get there. But I, I would, um, I, I wouldn't let anyone off the hook. I think every business, and we certainly consider ourselves, you know, among this group that still can do more than they're doing. And so, you know, we, we challenge and I challenge any business to think about everything they do in a different way. And I'm not talking here about can you give away more profits to charities. I'm talking about the core everyday business. You know, one of the things I've been using a quote is that, uh, a lot is that quote from Watergate, follow the money. Mm-hmm. So, I'm, I, of course, I admire when a company does some nice charitable charitable projects. But that may, and, that, and in a good company, it's sort of 1% to 2% of, of profits. Mm-hmm. But what's going on with the 99%? Uh, or in you know the profits, in fact, maybe in a you know high margin company it's thirty percent. So what's going on with the real revenue and the real core business that they're doing every day? and how can they change that? So, you know, honesty, we gave away. Between um, product and cash, we gave away about seven hundred thousand dollars last year in, in sort of um, supporting of nonprofits. Mm-hmm. But we spent over thirty two million dollars on organic fair trade ingredients. So that's where we have our impact. We we you know spend over twelve million dollars on our payroll. That's where we have our impact. You know, creating good quality jobs with benefits. So I think every business really needs to look at what are they doing every day, where is their money going every day, and how can they make that uh, have a more positive impact.
2: Now. Uh Earlier this year Coca-Cola became majority shareholder right. of honesty how do you in your job how do you balance uh, all the various interests whether it's Coca-Cola whether it's shareholders consumers, mm-hmm. business mm-hmm. partners. How do you manage that juggling act?
5: Well, it's funny, you know, uh, before we sold to Coke, we had over 130 shareholders that I was managing. Now I've got really just one. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I actually spend less time... So simplified yeah, I spend less time raising money, yeah. talking to potential investors. I, I spend more time talking to retailers and distributors who, you know, are the ones who are going to build the sales. So, that part is good. Um, and then I think the challenge is, you know, making sure we can keep our culture while clearly making it... Uh, making it clear to our company and everyone that we're part of the Coca-Cola family. So, you know, in some ways, we built a company being a counter to what Coca-Cola is, and our brand still is counter to a lot of the offerings mm-hmm. Coca-Cola has. But but in terms of the way we think about our business, we're a complement now. And so we go on the same trucks, we go into the same coolers, and we need to make sure they all understand why, we, why it makes sense for us to be part of that family.
2: You're listening to Motley Fool Money, talking with Seth Goldman. President and co-founder of Honest Tea. Uh, Before we wrap up with a round of Buy, Sell, or Hold, um, what is something that you now know about running a business that you wish you knew back in 1998
5: when you were starting this adventure? I'd say there's two. For us, one of them is distribution is critical. So, you know, our original business plan is on our website and it's, um, it's a nice read. It's a nice branding exercise, but mm-hmm. it has no real knowledge about the fact that distribution was so critical. So you can build a great beverage, but if you can't get it into people's hands when they want to drink a beverage then it's really a thought exercise, and we yeah. certainly lost a lot of time, sleep, and money trying to build yep. distribution. The other one is, and this is, a, in my view, a good thing, um, is how much fun this can be, how much, how rewarding it can be from a, a sense of of mission that you know mm-hmm. we really are having an impact on the American diet, we're having an impact on the landscape of uh, you know agriculture in the developing world, and so um, I had maybe not fully appreciated how powerful business can be as a vehicle for social and environmental change.
2: Okay, we will wrap up with buy, sell, or hold. And as a longtime shareholder of Starbucks, I have to ask you, <laughs> buy, sell, or hold, the future of coffee?
5: I think people are still gonna be looking for that caffeine <laughs> hit, and, and so what coffee does that? You know, I wish people were drinking more tea, but and I think they will drink more tea over time, but I don't think coffee's going away, so I guess I'd buy. Buy, sell, or hold, the business of Facebook. So clearly, that medium is going to grow. Mm-hmm. So I would buy the, the medium. I think you know, Google Plus certainly seems to be gaining traction. I think actually Facebook will, gain, will be diluted a little bit, so I'd probably hold.
2: Okay, fair enough. Uh, he is an award-winning talent. Buy, sell, or hold the acting career of Mr. T.?
5: Mr. T, <laughs> I love Mr. T. So my favorite movie was Rocky Three. I always like the. It turns out I like all the prime numbers from the Rocky movies: one, three, and five. Um, <laughs> and I love the story of of being the underdog and fighting yep. uh, for that. I, I got a hold on Mr. T now, though. I don't think he has the same edge that he used to have.
2: Probably not. Uh, and finally, KFC has a new TV commercial featuring their latest innovation, and it includes the phrase everything's better with bacon. So <laughs> buy, sell, or hold a bacon-flavored, uh, honest tea.
5: I sell that. I, mean, I, would, I would never sell it, but I would I would run away from that concept as quickly as I can. You
2: don't think it would match up with something? No. I'm not saying it's a full-on uh, bacon tea. You know, tea. we
5: lived through the whole low-carb craze when everyone was like, oh, just have bacon all the time. I'm like, how is that healthy? So, no, I'm not going near that. I'm a vegetarian. <laughs>
2: Seth Goldman is the president and co-founder of Honest Tea. It is fabulously delicious stuff. Thank you for bringing some Thanks, with you Chris. today and by all means check out the website honesttea.com. Have a cup of tea. Have a
0: cup of tea. Have
2: a cup of tea. Have a cup of tea. Coming up, we'll give you 3 stocks for the next 50 years. This is Motley Fool Money. Funny, funny,
0: funny what money can do.
2: As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against, so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. I'm Chris Hill, and back in the studio with me, Seth Jason, James Early, and Ron Gross. And guys, before we get to the stocks on our radar, great news, three weeks early, our man Steve Broido is a father. Yes! Yay. Yay. Thank you! Thank you very much! Congratulations! Um, so, yeah, uh, the due date was in November. How you feeling?
1: I feel great. Uh, a little tired, but very excited. Uh, yes, three weeks early, though, did not see this coming.
0: Alright, welcome to the fraternity. Uh, advice for a brand new first-time dad? Ron? Jake is going to come to you and ask for permission for many things. When it comes to worldwide wrestling, Say no. Just say no. Okay, <laughs> got
3: it. James? Uh, I made the mistake of moving to the flashcards too soon, and, and it works for a little while, but, <laughs> but they, they get bored of it, so you got to kind of pretend to really love it, and then that really, kind of really sell the learning, and that's, that helps. All right, Seth? Mine goes with James, dovetails Dub- a lot. Don't be afraid of the TV.
4: I know some parents out there, oh, I would never let my young kid watch TV. Our daughter loves educational programs, and she has learned more letters and words mm-hmm. and skills. Uh, from that than she ever has from us. Uh, and, you know, those are actually designed by education experts.
2: So don't be afraid of a little TV. Like
1: father, like son, I hope, yeah.
2: <laughs> and my advice for you is don't get sucked into the whole baby music thing, all right? You know, honestly. <laughs> Yanni? Yeah, no, no, no. Somebody no. exposed it as a gimmick, didn't they? It's it's total. It's yeah. a total racket. Bob Marley is great. Kids love Bob Marley. <laughs>
4: actually, there's a Ziggy Marley album for children, but adults can listen to it and not poke
2: their ears out. And
1: with my son, it's just going to be uh, hip-hop and REO Speedwagon. <laughs> <laughs> Keep on loving Andrew Dice Clay.
2: Alright, in honor of uh, Steve becoming a father for his boy, Jake, uh, let's make stocks on the radar for Jake Broydeau. So Jake. I, I want you to think 50 years out. This All is right. a stock that's got to be around in 50 years. Ron, you're up first.
0: Alright, so Steve obviously is going to have to take care of Jake now, but down the road, yep. Jake's going to have to k- take care of Steve one day, so I've got something <laughs> for both. Okay.
1: Kimberly maker Clark. of
0: Huggies and the maker of Depends, Kimberly Clark, ah. <laughs> ticker symbol KMB. <laughs> Uh, really strong company, three point nine percent dividend yield for you income lovers, um, and that's a good one for uh, little Jake. Yeah,
4: or if you're just interested in driving cross country on some kind of a uh, lunatic, you know, uh, what was the? Oh, NASA
1: astronaut. astronaut. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Time.
2: Steve, what do you think?
1: I think it sounds great. Kimberly Clark isn't that more? Of, I mean, of a commodity type business. I mean, you're dealing with paper products. What? Well, the, oh,
2: Kimber- no, the great
0: no, thing no. about Kimberly Clark is they have pricing power. So when th- raw materials rise, as they have been, Kimberly Clark has the ability to raise prices on Kleenex or or what and, have you, and they continue to increase cash flow.
4: As you will find out soon, to your great dismay, the type of diaper often matters. <laughs> <It always laughs> matters. Name brands, the name brands are worth buying. Absolutely.
3: James? Chris, uh, you never know when a biohazard is going to strike, and there's a decent <laughs> chance that something could happen in the next 50 years. So that's why I like uh, Ancel Limited, which is an Australian company. They make rubber gloves both for industrial applications, for medical applications. They also make condoms because it's kind of the same type of thing. And, and this I, I like also because it's it's an industry that doesn't see a lot of change, and it's probably not going to see a lot of change. It's a very steady company, uh, uh, about a 2.5% yield, $1.8 billion market cap. It is in Australia, but it sells uh, all around the world, so it's pretty diversified.
2: What do you think?
1: He's five days old. Is it too early to talk about contraception with him? (laughs) (laughs) Never too early.
3: Wait a little
4: bit. Seth? Well, since I don't know uh, who actually makes these, which are Howard Light foam earplugs, you can buy these by the gross on Amazon, and I urge you to to do so. I, I went with Church and Dwight. Again, same reason. You got stuff like baking soda, but more importantly for Steve, you've got clothing detergent, and mm. rubbers. And Steve needs both of those right now. So Church and Dwight? Church and Dwight. Yeah, Arm and CHD, Hammer. Uh, you know, what, yeah. What's the term? symbol? CHD. CH2. As a friend of mine, Rob Aaron, once said, this is a company that convinces you to buy a box of low-cost stuff and then immediately dump it down the drain. What could be better? Genius. Steve, what do you
1: think? I love it. Sounds great to me. All three of these stocks for you. your also boy? The earplugs, I actually did buy earplugs at a time. I know that's cheating, but it's uh, very, very <laughs> helpful. <healthy. laughs>
2: It's cheating, but it's it's the kind of cheating you need. Um, all right, uh, in the time we have left, uh, something that you're working on in the next week, Seth Jason, reading dozens of earnings reports. Still, um, I know we're sort of in the thick of earnings season, but are it's there just starting? Are, are, are just there, going? Are there one or two companies that you're you're particularly keen to watch?
4: Well, I need to loop back through Chipotle, and I actually uh, I, I'm going to take another look at Super Value. The uh, Worst of breed, former worst of breed grocery store chain that I recommended a while back and I own shares of because they
2: seem to be turning the
4: corner, but yet nobody is paying attention.
2: Is this a part of your thesis that longtime listeners will recognize as, as Seth Jason going, well, you know, it's it. I just need the lousy company to be slightly less lousy?
4: There's a great case to be made for investing in excellent companies. There's also a great case to be made for investing in companies that everybody hates so much, all they have to do is not suck. James? James?
3: Chris, uh, I've been talking about filming this video for a long time, and, and now oh, whoa. Bank of America, J.P. Morgan, these banks have come out with with these nefarious accounting uh, uh, gains, basically. It, it's just a cheesy thing, and I've wanted to talk about it for a while, and, and now that Steve's back in action, next week I'm going to get in here, I'm going to film this video. Oh, a banking, so video. Like a awesome. banking awesome. video about an accounting topic, <laughs> FAS 159, nah, which is way generally.
2: less exciting than I thought. Iran Gross in the one minute. We're coming have
0: into the home stretch for MDP's reopening. We only do it once a year to new members. That's uh, coming uh, in about a week and a half. For anyone interested, for more information, go to That's MDP. It's not next week,
3: though. We asked you next week. That sounds like a
0: plug. You just- We're working hard on the opening. <laughs> it doesn't happen on its own, you I know. Okay, mdp. That count. that dot fool. Plug, com for plug, more information. Plug, plug, plug. Plugging
2: you, McPlug over here. Are you doing any uh, any videos? I mean, not necessarily <laughs> oh, oh, banking my,
0: videos, uh, but... Non-stop videos. We've got yeah. welcome videos and how to use the service videos. We're gearing up. It, 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 as, as I said, it doesn't happen on its own. There's and a lot if, of work that goes and into And if you're those.
2: really good, you can see James' banking video, too. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Seth Jason, James Early, Ron Gross. Guys, thanks for being here. Thank you, Chris. Chris. Thanks to our special guest this week, Seth Goldman, the co-founder of Honest Tea. For more information on that company, you can just go to HonestTea.com. That's it for this edition of Motley Fool Money. Our engineer is new dad, Steve Broido. Woo, our producer yes. is old dad, Matt Greer. Boo. I'm Chris Hill. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.